everybody. Welcome to Hidden Gems Podcast. This is a show where we like to talk about streaming services and the hidden gems that you can find on there. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. And it's great to be doing another preview. I mean, we're nearing the end of February. I mean, just yeah, this year is already going fast. It's going <laughs> too fast. Yeah. And this is the first time that we have had hardly anything to preview for uh for these months uh partly because we don't have a whole lot of what's coming in april at least i couldn't find it this time but i think it's just a sign that things are finally i think back to normal because almost everything is going to theaters and not going to same day or to uh streaming services so yay Yeah, thank God for the normalcy, but at the same time, I mean, in our preview, we're going to be covering a show that's going to PBS, maybe Masterpiece, I, I think it's through that Yeah, brand, but... there wasn't that much. There was, I mean, there were some shows, but I don't watch that much television, so there wasn't that much that was, like, interesting to me uh, to talk about, uh, but as far as movies, there was basically nothing <laughs> that was that was going straight to streaming and not getting theatrical. Yeah, it's definitely seems like seems like everything has been like returned to where we were. So that Mm -hmm. there is that. But there's definitely there's definitely some interesting stuff, stuff that I'm looking forward to. There's um, there's a third movie that I'm really looking forward to. There's let's see here. There's a biopic I'm looking forward to, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think there's definitely stuff that I would be happy to see yeah it's just that i think a lot of people would be like whoa that's not those stuff that aren't on streaming services but there just really wasn't a whole lot so i figured eh, we might as well talk about some of these things yeah no doubt mm-hmm. uh, so what do you think about so far 2023 as far as movies go do you think it's been pretty good i mean ant-man kind of left me cold so yeah. that's the that's the first blockbuster of the year and it, I wasn't super crazy about it. My, yeah, I agree. My favorite movie of the year so far is Missing. I actually contemplated seeing it again, but I talked myself out of it. But but I, I still think that movie is really, really good. It's like it it's that screen capture kind it's screen capture footage kind of thriller that I really liked with miss with searching. And I'm glad they brought it back with missing because it's kind of it's kind of similarly structured and I did appreciate that. So that's my favorite. That's my favorite movie of the year so far, but we've got some big ones coming down the track. We got Oppenheimer. We got guardians three. We got the Barbie movie. They'll just throw that out there. Uh, yeah. Dune two. So, so quarter this one summer. is coming. Quarter one is coming to an end, but quarter two looks like it's just going to be, dropping some bombs and no i'm not just mm-hmm. saying that because oppenheimer is going to be in quarter two <laughs> yeah i think it's been pretty good i you know i had i haven't seen missing because that came out during sundance and i just haven't caught up with it uh but it was a it was a good sundance i liked almost everything that i saw and uh, then the other movies that i've seen except for uh the other movies for the most part i've enjoyed uh you know i didn't i didn't love ant-man um shotgun wedding was really bad uh so there's been some misses of course but uh but uh, i think i like megan more than i expected that was pretty fun 
Um, and uh, Love You Wary over at Hallmark has been great <laughs> in the TV movie world. Really been enjoying that. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, a interesting, fun start to the movie year. Uh, I took my dad to see uh, Avatar The Way of Water, and he sees about two movies a year. And I was like, are you sure you want to see this movie? It's really long. And he, did, and he loved it. Uh, he said it's the one of the most amazing movies he's ever seen. So uh, he he was completely won over by it, which made me very happy. It was cool. It was fun to be a part of that and see just him get so excited about it. So yeah, that I was mean, fun. And I mean, really, those people who are like Avatar is irrelevant. It's in the $2 billion club. I mean, yeah. how irrelevant is it really? Well, and I was thinking about that the other day that maybe that's actually kind of nice that we that something was able to make $2.2 billion and just be kind of enjoyed by people and they didn't have to like devolve. And maybe the fact that nobody's talking about it is actually kind of nice <laughs> that it's not devolving into these fan wars, which are so unpleasant and everybody just kind of enjoy it <laughs> that's it uh i don't know but anyway it was cool to go to it with my dad so uh all right well i guess let's dive in let's start talking about some of these march and april movies all right uh, let's rock and roll okay <laughs> so first up we have a series a history of the world part two and this is uh, from Mel Brooks, sequel to the 1981 film, History of the World Part One. Uh, and the joke in that, there's even a joke in that movie about the about them making a history of the world part two. Um, <laughs> this one stars Johnny Knoxville, Taika Waititi, David Stassen, Zazie Beetz, uh, Wanda Sykes. What did you think of the trailer for this one? Well, I've actually seen History of the World Part 1, and I'm kind of surprised it doesn't get talked about more considering who was involved in it. They got Orson Welles as the narrator mm -hmm. for it, which is crazy to think about, but he was the narrator there, and I still think that movie is very funny. And I was I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they're going to make Part 2 one day, and sure enough, like Mel Brooks is like, there you go. Like, So I did not expect it. And the trailer, even though there are some comedic actors here who I'm not over the moon about, I still think there is a lot of potential for laughs here. There were definitely some parts where like, that would be interesting if they did pull that off. So I am I am hopeful for this. Yeah, I feel like it's either going to be really funny, people are going to love it, or it's going to be terrible. I don't think there's going to be much in between. Uh, I And I hope it'll be funny. I I don't know the trailer made me a little nervous um I just hope that the writing's up to par you know that it doesn't feel like lazy Adam Sandler comedy kind of that feel of like those ones he made for Netflix and this is Adam Sandler but you know what I mean that yeah I just hope it'll be funny because I, I I really feel like it'll go either that way either it'll be great and we'll all love it or it'll be absolutely terrible <laughs> Yeah, definitely the cringiest one was Wanda Sykes and the whole the yeah. Underground Railroad bit. I'm like, come on, guys. Everyone knows what the Underground Railroad was. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, and the, the Harriet Tubman jokes and yeah, yeah all that. Uh, I'm going to give it out of 
uh, between one to four excitement level. I'm going to give it a two because I am nervous, but hopefully it'll be good. What do you, what do you think? I'll go slightly higher at two and a half. I think there is potential here, but I am cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, is there enough there to make a whole series? Eight well, episodes? it's a, it's a, I think it's a four part series. If my memory serves me right. Well, there's eight listed on IMDb. Uh, but I don't know if they know, but anyway, it seems like, is there enough for a whole series? Uh, you know, enough jokes, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> That'll be on Hulu, uh, coming out. So, all right, well, let's talk about Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies. This is a spinoff of the original John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John 1978 musical. So this is like the prequel, how they came up with the Pink Ladies. Um, what do you think? Um, this looks interestingly enough. I mean, I've I've had a bit of a complex relationship, and I've told you about this in in this show and privately. My relationship mm-hmm. with Greece has been kind of hot and cold over the years. Mm-hmm. This trailer, though, I was like, is this entirely necessary? I mean, it's the pink ladies we're talking about here, and, yeah. and I would. And I would have the same reaction if they announced they're doing a T-Birds like origin story. I'm like, okay, fine, I guess. But wasn't the last Grease thing we got was like Grease 2? And that was infamously pretty bad. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I wasn't sure from the trailer is how much music is going to be in it. Is it is it is it a musical series? Like, are they going to be like singing and dancing and stuff in every episode? They did I, not make it clear. Yeah, it was a little, I'm a little unsure about that. And of course, if it is musical, then I'm going to enjoy it more because I love musicals. Um, but uh, but in the, I don't think this has any of our characters from Greece coming back. Like, I don't think Rizzo's in it or obviously Sandy and Danny wouldn't be in it. But uh, so I think this is like the group before them, I think. Because none of them are at least listed as names on the cast list and nobody here i i know but i do like the energy of it i think it looks well made and uh it i'm I'm definitely gonna watch you know it it checks enough boxes for me that i i even asked the girls if they want to cover it for um homework's podcast because i think it's kind of within our uh um our demographics uh so I, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I am looking forward to it. I hope it's good. But I uh, I wish I knew kind of how much of a musical it is. I'll go with a... I'll go with a 2.5. I think I would need to actually watch like a few minutes of it. And, and because I was like, seems kind of weird. But if I actually mm-hmm. watch it and give it a chance, it might win me over. Yeah. Uh, so that's on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, if people want to watch it. Uh, all right. Then we have, and you mentioned this, we have Marie Antoinette coming to Masterpiece on PBS. And this is follows the famed queen Marie Antoinette, who was the last queen of France before the French Revolution. And uh, I, I just thought this would be fun to talk about because I think it looks really good. You know me, I love my costume dramas. And uh, this one looks like it has some style. It looks like it's fun. The the costumes, the, you know, everything. And nobody does period dramas like Masterpiece. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. That's for sure. 
this... they just had the um all creatures great and small season three which was so good uh so they're on a roll <laughs> yeah i was going to say uh, i'm sorry i l interrupted you with a big loud this but uh <laughs> but um you know i was watching this and i was thinking to myself boy if they do release this on dvd and it comes to my library it's going to be an immediate hit we can't keep it in the library it's going to yeah. go over huge because like, like I know certain patrons who come into the library who they rent nothing but just like Father Brown and All Creatures Great and Small and Doc Martin and those kind of comfort kind of shows. And I know Marie Antoinette is definitely not that, that the story is definitely not that. But my point is, is that this definitely would lean more towards that. And this trailer did look pretty good. I'm not super familiar with the story of Marie Antoinette. All I know is the whole let him eat cake thing, which was pretty tone deaf from what I've read. But mm -hmm. it does it does look very interesting. And clearly there's a budget behind it because, I mean, everything just looks huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert on the French Revolution. Uh, I know a little bit, but that it'll, it'll be fun to kind of learn a little bit more about her. And, uh, and I think that the whole let them eat cake thing was, like I think that's not I think it's apocryphal I don't think she actually said that or she said it in a different way or it's been taken out of con or I remember hearing something that that was like made up but I don't know don't don't quote me on that <laughs> don't worry I so, won't <laughs> so I'm gonna give this a four it's totally my cup of tea it's the kind of thing I like uh and uh it looks uh it looks very well done so I'll go three and a half okay good all right. And then speaking of costume dramas, we have Great Expectations. Uh, and this is another version of Great Expectations. We've had so many over the years. This was this is going to be on Hulu. Uh, this is going to have six episodes. And it follows Orphan Pip, who spent his childhood as a blacksmith apprentice and suddenly receives a windfall from an unknown benefactor that allows him to travel to London and enter high society. And of course, you have Olivia, Olivia Coleman as Miss Havisham. And uh, that, I mean, that alone, that image of her as Miss Havisham is so perfect. Perfect casting, perfect done. Uh, and Fionn Whitehead as Pip. And I love the story of Great Expectations. It's one of my favorite novels. It's one of my favorite of Dickens. Uh, it might be my favorite. It's so, it's so like surprising. You read it and every paragraph, like you're just like, what? What's happening? And I mean, all the characters are so different. It's so surprising. And what happens to all the characters? I love the book. I think it's great. And this looks really good. I mean, I'm very, very, very excited about it. Yeah, this so. has a lot. This has people I definitely love and respect behind it. Stephen Knight is producer. He wrote the screenplay for a movie called Locke, which stars Tom Hardy, a producer on this one. Mm. And he also... He also created uh, he also created Peaky Blinders, which I love. He wrote the screenplay for Spencer, which got a lot of awards buzz, the mm. Princess Diana biopic. So clearly, like this dude knows what he's doing. Um, I ha I'm not super familiar with the Great Expectations story. I know of it, and I think I've seen versions of it. I just I'm not overly familiar with it. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a bit unnecessarily dark. I mean, think about the story of this young man wanting to get into high society, but he can't 
until he gets a lot of money behind him and then he can go. It, and they're treating this kind of like the new season of Peaky Blinders. You're just like, mm-hmm. uh, why is this so unnecessarily grimy? Like, I mean, that yeah, I'm sure well, Miss Havisham, so, so her character, Miss Havisham, she got left at the altar and then she never got out of her wedding dress after all these years. She is a pretty creepy, weird, strange character. Uh, that you know she's still got the old wedding cake like rotting and uh and she's a pretty gnarly character so I, and so since the trailer pretty much focused on her i can understand that if the whole movie is that way then it will get a little bit too much uh because there are lighter characters and there are moments of happiness for pip uh and as he starts to figure out who his benefactor is because he thinks it is miss havisham at first and uh, and so you know we'll we'll see uh how it, it goes but i can see you saying that but she's just such a weird character that it's kind of crazy she's not the kind of character that you expect to find in a dickens novel this this woman who never got out of her wedding dress and is just super <laughs> uh, i mean now yeah. that you say that this definitely says that this definitely seems like something Stephen Knight would want to produce because you he did the the very dark version of a Christmas Carol that FX did in 2019 that Guy Ritchie did he did um, oh yeah I heard that was bad though yeah I have not seen it I've been compelled to and I've I've wanted to but I've heard kind of eh, things mm-hmm. about it yeah and then too. and then he worked with Tom Hardy on the one season show Taboo which I really liked which is very dark. So maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just misjudging this one. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. They have, uh, I think they have Shalom Brune Franklin as Estella, who's supposed to be kind of the ideal woman, like kind of a, a muse or goddess kind of type of character. So that'll be interesting to see if she does with that. And, uh, and then you have, it is a diverse cast uh for it which is fun um but i they're definitely leaning on olivia coleman as miss havisham uh in that that's pretty much the whole uh trailer is her and so that's gonna be interesting to see i am gonna give it a 3.5 yeah i'll meet you there 3.5 yeah okay then we have coming to hallmark it's very exciting uh they have a new show coming called ride Uh, which will also be available on Peacock. So that's why I included it on here. Um, It follows the lives of the McMurrays as they struggle to keep their beloved ranch afloat. This stars Nancy Travis, Tiras, Gobi, and Bo Murkoff. And uh, what did you think? The little preview. This kind of seemed a bit like a Heartland clone. Yeah. It it, kind of seemed like, because there's a ranch involved, there's people trying to save the ranch, which is something I know that you absolutely love. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I know Heartland's popular, but are we getting Heartland clones now? Like, what's going on yeah. here? That is my worry, is that it'll be a Heartland copycat. Uh, the uh, The lead character is younger. I mean, the lead character is younger in Heartland. Uh, the you know, she's a teenager at the beginning at least and here you have Nancy Travis as the lead character I think in the story um, and uh, and sort of the family yeah it definitely feels Heartland wannabe uh, but uh, but it's pretty exciting because 
they just had this show called The Way Home on Hallmark, uh, which is this time traveling show. And it's been great. Uh, and so it's kind of exciting for them to have two new shows in the course of two months uh, is is really cool because Hallmark hasn't done that many new shows. I mean, they had really only about a half a dozen shows in the whole history of the network. And the last new show that they had was uh, was um, Chesapeake Shores, I think. And that was a while back. So to have this year two new shows is pretty cool. And uh, so this is definitely... I was more invested and more excited about the way home and it lived up to the hype. This one, uh, we'll see. I'm going to be covering it. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm excited because my cousin's wife is a, she's, on a, she's a horse person. She's on uh races, horses and stuff. Um, she's going to come on the recaps. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, I can't wait for, uh, to edit yours and Michelle's coverage, but that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. And, uh, when we're still going to be, we have season 16 of Heartland coming up sometime. They haven't announced the premiere yet, but, uh, we're going to be starting, uh, the coverage maybe even a little bit earlier than when it starts in us because, uh, it's already completed in Canada. So anyway, uh, but we'll, we'll be covering two horse shows at the same time. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to give this a two and a half. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be yeah, fine. I'll, I'll meet you there. It could be fine. But at the same time, I was thinking to myself like, all right, where's, uh, where's Ty? Is Ty going to be coming in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's Amy? Uh, all right. So then we're, now we're getting into some of the movies uh, coming in March. Uh, we have Creed 3. This is your third movie in this little trilogy. Uh, Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. And this is directed by Michael B. Jordan, and it, it uh, stars Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, and Jonathan Majors. So what do you think about Breed 3? Big old four for me. Every trailer I've seen of this has just got me more hyped to see it. I just uploaded my review of the first Creed, just a cheap plug for me and my channel. Uh, but just re-watching clips of Creed, I was just thinking to myself, this movie had no right to be as good as it was, and yet somehow it was. That and Creed 2, I love both of them equally. And Creed 3 just looks just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it looks great. Everybody I know who's seen it already said that it's great. I'm going to be seeing it actually tomorrow. So by the time this airs, I will already gone to the screening. Uh, but uh, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, compelling characters. I mean, Jonathan Majors is you know such a good actor. So he's a great add to this uh, franchise. And I mean, I think I'm going to miss having Rocky in it a little bit. I'm a little concerned about that. But uh, but other than that, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so I'm going four here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 3.5. But yeah, definitely. My only, like I said, my only concern is, well, you miss uh, miss having Rocky in it. But uh, but it, it looks it looks pretty good. So then we have another movie called Champions. And this comes out March 10th. And it's a former minor league basketball coach is ordered by the court to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities. He soon realizes that despite his doubts together, this team can go further 
than they ever imagined. And it's kind of funny to me that you have people with anger issues getting assigned to be coaches. So if you've seen Mighty Ducks, you know, that's the plot in there as well. It's that this punishment. I mean, I probably would, wouldn't want my child to be coached by somebody who had anger, anger issues. I don't yeah, know. Definitely, but... definitely uh, not worth absorbing the risk on that one. <laughs> but this looks cute. It lo- I think it'll be good. Woody Harrelson, uh, Teach Marine, Ernie Hudson, Caitlin Olson. Uh, it, it looks cute. What'd you think of the trailer? I like this. I thought it, it looks, I th- I think it looks like it's got a big heart. It kind of reminds me of this little scene movie called Rebound starring Martin Lawrence. He's a big time coach in the college leagues, but again, has anger issues and has to go and, and teach, uh, teach a team of kids. And he does yeah. really well at it. But this time around in champions, it's, kids with intellectual disorders so i think i think that would be very nice to see and woody harrelson's a really good actor so this should be this should be good i'm going to go three and a half yeah same i'm gonna go three three but uh yeah it looks cute um okay so then we have shazam 2 so this will be our second superhero movie of the year um and we all know my experience with the first shazam (laughs) wasn't the biggest fan but this is the film continues the story of teenage billy batson who upon reciting the magic word shazam is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego shazam now it seems like from the trailer he's not going to be teen billy that much definitely he's going to be most this one he's going to be adult um did you get that feeling I definitely think that's going to be the case, especially w- with getting the Helen Mirren character and the the, the daughters mm-hmm. of Ares. It will de- it will definitely be a Shazam heavy, a Shazam heavy movie. Which, I mean, if you watch the first Shazam, there's a good part of it where we just see Teen Billy Batson and his struggle to find his mom and that whole mm-hmm. thing surrounding. Yeah, that was weird. The, the tone problems I had with the first one, I think will be better in this one because we are staying more in uh, in the adult uh, realm and you've got all the other metas that are all the whole family that's going to be there. That'll be fun. And it'll be fun to have Rachel Zegler there, um, Lucy Liu, uh, some of the others. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that this one will be more successful. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it two and a half yeah i'll meet you there too and i mean it it feels weird with how they're billing the flash how it feels like it's going to be pretty much a hard reset after the flash this movie kind of feels inconsequential agreed yeah i think so i think they're kind of uh just putting it out because it's been made more than anything else yeah um, okay, so then we have Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, <laughs> a charming, uh, sorry, a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. And this uh, stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Roger Jean Paz. And uh, yeah, and Hugh Grant is in this, evidently. Uh, so what do you think about this? 
At the risk of sounding harsh, I low-key kind of forgot this movie was coming out <laughs> until fairly recently when a big standee was erected in my theater to be like, oh yeah, that's coming out. Now, I have no connection to Dungeons & Dragons at all. The only thing I know about it is the really bad Jeremy Irons one from the year 2000. And just a fun fact, that was released by New Line Cinema. The year afterwards, they released a, a little movie called The Fellowship of the Ring. So they're... Mm. I was thinking that was older than that. Huh. Nope. Uh, Lord of the Rings was 2001, 2, and 3, respectively. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I have no investment in Dungeons and Dragons. I think the trailers look serviceable. <laughs> and it's a pretty good cast. So it could be fun. Uh, I I kind of worry it'll be more like that... Um uh what's what's it called the video game movie um uh, warcraft oh hopefully not like warcraft that was terrible but the um oh gosh i can't think of the name all of a sudden the um what's it called uh it was it was released right during the pandemic oh um 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 um, um. dang now i can't think of it uh, I, it's right on the tip of my tongue it's they if they've got another one in the nineties of it. They um Resident Evil? No, that's no. not. Oh my gosh. It's released it's right in twenty twenty. Mortal Kombat. That's the one. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I did not like that care for that movie. The the um more recent one, the Mortal Kombat. I hope so I hope it'll be an improvement on that. Not that this is a video game, but still. Yeah, oh, uh, it's a, it's a game, so it's in the yeah. same ballpark, but just different ball players. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll it will be like it'll be a movie that kind of surprises that we don't think will be as good, and then it ends up uh, being a lot of fun, like um, Love and Monsters or something like that. But yeah, I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, same thing too. Yeah, I like Chris Pine a lot. So, okay, then we have sixty-five, and this movie looks pretty bonkers. You've got Adam Driver, and it's an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet, only to discover he's not alone. And uh, so, this is all about Adam Driver and dinosaurs. You what know, do you think? whenever I see this trailer, I consistently am like what is up with sci-fi movies and them trying to go through a black hole and then they end up at earth 65 like in the far prep or the far past or the far future like it's either planet of the apes or or this it, it's like hmm. a weird phenomenon but yeah i think i think they kind of gave up the ghost with the whole twist with the whole thing that it's adam driver in 65 million years in in the past going up against dinosaurs it's like mm -hmm. have that be the big reveal like like and this is from mm. the writers of a quiet place so i have some hope that this will be good but at the same time it's like when i first saw the trailer and said 65 million years ago i'm like wow you just kind of spoiled it for all of us pretty much mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can see that. That's true. I I hope this will also be kind of like Love and Monsters, like a surprise with a lot of heart and it's entertaining. I'm worried that it's going to take itself too seriously. And so this ended up being super boring. Um, especially because like you said, give away the, the, the novelty of the dinosaurs would well, that could have been a surprise, but then I guess, how do you get people in the door? Uh, if we're, uh, if you don't tell them that they're going to see dinosaurs, <laughs> how do you get them to come? Uh, so I'm going to give it, I guess this is optimistic. I'm going to give it a three. I, I, I like Adam driver so much and I just hope that it'll be good, but I feel like this one has a high pass fail. It's either going to be going to be really good. We're going to all love it, or going to be terrible. I'll go two and a half. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. So then we have Daisy Jones and the Six, and this is on. Hold on. Let me get that up. Sorry. Uh, okay. So this is uh, following the rise of rock band Daisy Jones and the Six through the '70s LA music scene on their quest for worldwide icon status. The stars Riley Kehoe, Sebastian Chacon, Sam Claflin. I've actually read this book that it's based on. It's a pretty entertaining book. Uh, and uh, so what did you think of the uh, trailer? Um, I, I had no idea who this band was, to be honest with you. But Well, it's fake. It's fiction. Oh, I, I was yeah. going to say, I was going to think to myself, wait. <laughs> yeah because i know most of the big bands from that time and i was like did i miss one turns out no <laughs> I, I i thought this was gonna be like a like a like a stevie nicks clone kind of oh, thing. yeah it's like almost famous in that way the book is at least about fictional band yeah uh, but if yeah. they keep this kind of mockumentary style then i think it could there could be a lot of juice to squeeze in this lemon i think i'll mm -hmm. go three on this one yeah, I really like the book. I think a lot of it will depend on how like good the music is and the chemistry and everything. Uh, it's 10 episodes, so pre a pretty long run. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'll watch it because I just don't have time, but I did like the book, so I'll also give it a three. Um, okay, so then we have, uh, we have Chris Rock's Selective Outrage. This is the first live comedy special that, uh, that Netflix has done. Um, and they're obviously inviting controversy by giving it that title, Selective Outrage. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think this looked, I think this looked interesting. I mean, I, I feel like this could be, could be a shot at Netflix because of the whole Dave Chappelle kind of thing that happened a few years ago. It's, it's going to be interesting because I honestly haven't seen much of Chris Rock's stuff. I saw a lot of his like earlier stuff, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. I saw mm -hmm. some of it. And he is genuinely funny. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes over, especially with the whole Oscar slap Will yeah, Smith. I'm sure that they're going to be, well, there's going to be some jokes about that. No oh, question. Oh, there's, that would be wasted money if, <laughs> if Rock didn't mention it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like they're going to lean into this sort of woke culture and I mean, you don't title something selective outrage without having a lot of that. So that'll either be funny or terrible. I, I'm kind of mixed on. I mean, I feel like Chris Rock has had really bad luck in his movie roles and, and 
but I, I haven't listened to a bunch of his stand-up as you, as you say, I, I have to admit. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he, he does. Um, I mean, I probably won't watch this, but, uh, but I feel like it's interesting it being live and also that it's the selective outrage. I feel like that's a very clickbaity title. Yeah. Without right. a doubt. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a two, but, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I'll go two as well. Yeah. Okay. Then we have an animated film called the magician's elephant. Uh, what do you, okay. It says, um, an orphan boy is told by a fortune teller that an elephant will help him find his lost sister. This is based on Kate DeCamillo novel and Brian Tyree Henry, uh, and Mandy Patinkin are in the voice cast. What'd you think? Um, I think I love the animation style. I think that the animation looked very nice. I'm not familiar with the story. So I think that there is potential here. I might be slightly generous. I'm going to go three on this one. I think this looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the the animation looked a little cheap for me, but if the story's good and they voice ask, uh, voice cast and the um, you know music and other things, those are all good, then I'm fine with that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see uh, how it ends up being. But yeah, I, I agree, a three. Hopefully it'll, it'll be good. Okay, <clears throat> then we have The Night Agent. This is on Netflix, and it's a low-level FBI agent, Peter Sutherland, who works in the basement of the White House, manning a phone that never rings until the night it does, propelling him into a conspiracy that leads all the way to the Oval Office. And uh, so what did you think about this? Do you think it looked good? I think it looked interesting. I, I, for some reason, this trailer was kind of giving me 24 vibes, like the TV show 24. Yeah. Sutherland it feels like if they play their cards right they might do something like that because at pretty much 24's entire premise was Jack Bauer trying to weed out conspiracies that was pretty much the premise of the show so if they're able to capture some of that magic then I, I it's at the least very interesting uh, but the trailer is very brief and doesn't reveal a ton I think I'm yeah. gonna go two and a half and I guess it's based on a novel by Matthew Quirk is the name that uh, they said a pandemic read has led to a series order at Netflix. So evidently this was a big seller during the pan uh, 2019 uh, and it was a big seller during the pandemic. So that could be interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it looked like uh, a pretty good premise, this idea of this mysterious phone. And um, so I'm going to give it a three. I probably probably won't watch it, <laughs> but it looked for what it is. It looked pretty good, I thought. Um, okay, so then we have Murder Mystery Party uh, Two. So this is sequel because we all needed a sequel to the first one. <laughs> Which in the world of Adam Sandler movie comedies for Netflix, that one wasn't that bad. It was serviceable. <laughs> Um, and uh, so the second one, full-time detectives Nick and Audrey are struggling to get their private eye agency off the ground. They find themselves at the center of international abduction when their friend Maharaja is kidnapped at his own lavish wedding. And uh, of course, this stars Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston and Mark Strong. What'd you think? Um, I like Adam Sandler. I think at times he can be very funny. I stress at times because <laughs> I know he's had some really big duds. This one kind of didn't do much for me. 
I feel like just based on history, him and Jennifer Aniston getting together hasn't done all of that much. Yeah. I think just from what I've seen, I'm struggling to give it like a one and a half. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it might be okay, but uh, like just sort of junk food kind of entertainment. But it certainly didn't look funny to me. And it looked like another excuse for Adam Sandler to go on vacation with his friends. So, yeah, I would give it a generous two. It feels like a bit of a regression because he's in Uncut Gems. Then he was in Hustle, which I have not seen, but I've heard nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. And then he's back to like the thing that he's known for. It's a weird yeah. flex. Yeah. All right. What did you give it? A one and a half. One and a half, right. Okay, so then we have Polite Society. This I saw at Sundance. Um, It's Rhea Khan believes that she must save her older sister, Lena, from her impending marriage. After enlisting her friend's help, she attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. Uh, So what did you think of this trailer? I'm kind of a sucker for heist-related anything. So Mm -hmm. at the very least... I'm going to give it a three. I think it looks fun. Mm -hmm. It was fun. I gave it a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a little crowded, kind of in a little all over the place. It's trying to do, I think, a little bit too much. Uh, But I like the fact that she's like genuinely terrible at martial arts. (laughs) And you'd think that a character like this would just be over. um, A lot of times they're sort of overqualified that like, but she's terrible. (laughs) Um, until the moment that she needs to needs to be strong uh but uh, her dream is to be like a stunt woman she has this there's the stunt woman that she idolizes and uh there's lots of cheeky humor uh and lots of like captions and things like that uh explaining things that are happening and that are funny um her and her sister have nice chemistry i think things get totally insane totally crazy um, but some people were saying, oh, it's like a man-hater movie. No, it's not. The The main villain is actually a woman. Uh, I won't go into any more. But, uh, but there is the woman, uh, I mean, there is the man that her sister is marrying, but he is like a minor character. Um, so it's not a like man-hating movie, I don't think, by any stretch. Um, it's just, uh, it's just about these two sisters. So I think that most people will have a, a, a lot of fun. I think that people that really love uh, everything ever all at once, I think this has a lot of the same energy as that movie. And um, so people that like that, I think this could be this year's version of it. Uh, so uh, I I enjoyed it. So I, I give it a three. Yeah, I'll, I gave it a three as well. Okay, then we have Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Of course, this is based on the Judy Bloom novel. And out of Sundance there, I'm not sure when the documentary is going to be released, but it's uh, there was a great documentary at Sundance uh, about Judy Bloom. Uh, so if, that, if people, uh, I, I would assume they'd try to release it right around the same time. So definitely put that on your um, radar because even if you don't know anything about Judy Bloom, it was a great documentary. I really enjoyed it. But this is when her family moves from the city to the suburbs, 11-year-old Margaret navigates new friends, feelings, and the beginning of adolescence. And stars Rachel McAdams and Kathy Bates. 
but uh, what do you think about it, about the trailer? I've seen this trailer now a few times, and mm-hmm. and I was wondering where I heard the name Judy Bloom from. It turns out she wrote a few books about like this little boy named Fudge, who is mm-hmm. like, and and his family that I read quite a bit, and I was like, oh, that's where I know her from. She's a very good author. Yeah, uh, I had never heard of the book, but from the trailer, I think it looks like a very fun coming of age kind of movie. I kind of yeah. I kind of laugh at the part where they're in the convenience store. I'm sure you know the part I'm talking about where mm-hmm. like buy the things and it's like, please, oh, be, yeah. please be a woman. Please be a woman. It turns yeah. out this greasy high school teenager is there. Yeah. It's like, and it, the, the book was really revolutionary in the way that it talked to kids honestly about puberty and adolescence. And, uh, and so a lot of people really loved it. And part of the documentary is the, the incredible letters that she got uh, from kids for years and years. And some people she corresponded with for years. I thought that was amazing. And uh, it really struck a, a nerve at the time. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, I'm going to reread the book uh, before the movie comes out. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Yeah. I'll meet you there. I think this could be potentially very good if for nothing else, Rachel McAdams, because she's yeah. very, and I'm glad that they're keeping it set in the seventies instead of, cause it would, it wouldn't be, I don't think it's charming now. Cause you'd have to include like social media and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, whole different movie, whole different yeah. book. They set it in modern day. Yeah. All right. So then we have air and this is follows the history of the shoe salesman, Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Uh, and we have Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, huge cast. Uh, what do you think? This is getting a big old four from me. I've seen this yeah. trailer now a couple times and it looks like, like, it looks like the kind of movie that's meant for me. It's like, I feel like Ben Affleck is back in the director's chair. He's also starring in it. Matt Damon's also there. I like these two together. So I feel like this could be, I feel like this could be very fun. I just hope that they focus on the whole getting Michael Jordan side of things. And it feels like that they're definitely going in that direction. They're focusing on just one aspect of Nike, not the whole Nike origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think this has potential to be one of my favorites of the year. The script looks really good. The acting looks really good. Looks entertaining. So, yeah, I'm excited. So four for me as well. Um, next we have paint and this is in paint Owen Wilson portrays Carl Nargle Vermont's number one public television painter who is convinced he has it all a signature perm custom van and fans hanging on his every stroke until a younger better artist steals everything and everyone Carl loves I found this trailer to be kind of confusing like obviously they are riffing off of Bob Ross uh, and but this doesn't seem to have anything to do with the story of Bob Ross or like, this is completely different. This is not his character. Like there is controversy when it comes to Bob Ross's life and how he was, um, how he was manipulated and controlled uh, by these managers and people that stole from him and all of that. That's true, but that doesn't have anything to do with anything 
that this story is so this is like a it's just kind of weird to me like they're making it seem like it's bob ross but it's not bob ross like at all yeah without a doubt and from what i've read it very much was like an elvis colonel tom kind of situation where where bob ross would just do all the painting and they would collect and he didn't see the scent it was a very sad story but i mean well and and also all the merchandising like bob ross paints and bob ross all that stuff was all very underhanded on it. Like people say, don't buy Bob Ross stuff because it doesn't go to him. Actually. I mean, his estate, it goes to this other guy and, uh, and it's all in, there was a documentary about it on Netflix about Bob Ross. Um, but, uh, so I don't know. I think this project is weird. It definitely weird. Just based off of what Owen Wilson looks like in the film. it's very clear that this is you might as well name him like rob foss or or something like 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 uh like fob boss or something like that because it's Mm -hmm. like he looks the same well and it's weird when you actually have a story there where they could make a movie about what happened to bob ross why are they doing this weird fictional character and this supposed younger painter is coming like that's not a thing so yeah, exactly. i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a 1.5 yeah i'll meet you there and i'm i'm struggling with that one because when i was watching it i was like this is weird this is yeah, the weird it really is yeah. um okay so then we have big george foreman the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world which is a mouthful of title uh, but it's about the life and boxing career of George Foreman, stars Forrest Whitaker, um, and then nobody else that I know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this looked serviceable, I thought, as a like true story um, biopic. It looked fine to me. What do you think? Yeah, this definitely looked, um, it looked serviceable, like you said. I feel, I, I sincerely hope that I, I hope that it is good. I just know George Foreman for the grills. <laughs> yeah. And the documentary When We Were Kings, which I highly recommend. Yeah. So what will you give it? I'll go two and a half on this. Okay. So then we have the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's from Illumination, the story of the Super Mario Brothers on their journey through the Mushroom Kingdom. And this course... Stars Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day. Uh, I think this looks pretty good. I'm excited for it. I think the animation looks absolutely beautiful. It's definitely, without a doubt, the most ambitious, uh, as far as animation goes, that that, that Illumination has ever done. Uh, it it looks the most beautiful, the most creative. The And so I, I think that it's going to be fun. I just hope that they've got the story there that'll match up with the visuals that I'm seeing. I know a lot of people are up in the air about Chris Pratt. I I don't really care. I think it'll be fine. Um, it's probably a waste of money. I don't think they need to have the star power in there. They could have just used a voice actor, but whatever. Um, but I'm actually really hopeful that this will be something artistically ambitious because Illumination has never done that um, and kind of start the studio in an, on a new path. Yeah, it really the movie looks outstanding i mm-hmm. haven't played m- much of mario anything really the only thing i've played is is uh, mario kart and various various mm-hmm. incarnations of that and whenever 
whenever I see the the end of the trailer where it's like all the vehicles going after Mario and he does the wahoo, I'm like, I'm back at my movie theater challenging Hannah to beat the top score. So it takes me right into that happy place there. So I'm going to give this one a three. I have high hopes for this. Yeah, I'm going to give this a four just because I am so hopeful, maybe falsely so, that this will be something really cool from Illumination and I want to see it. Uh, so I'm I'm just, and plus the fact it's the, they, we, has, we all have had such a drought of animated films. Uh, nothing from uh, Puss in Boots until, uh, um, uh, until Super Mario Brothers, which is crazy. So we'll see, but. All right, we're almost done. Let's talk about One True Loves. This is uh, a woman is unexpectedly forced to choose between the husband she has long thought dead and the fiance who has finally brought her back to life. And this stars Philippa Sue, Luke Bracey, and uh, and Simu Liu. Uh, what do you think? I think this looked interesting. I mean, it's interesting that BuzzFeed is producing this. They went from doing listicles to doing stuff like this. Uh. So that's definitely commendable. You know, it feels feels kind of weird. It feels like have this life and then the husband supposedly dies and then she moves on. And it's like, oh, the husband isn't dead after all. I don't know how to feel about that weirdly. It It, it might, they might make it work, but it just... That part aside, I think this looked interesting. I'll go two and a half. Mm -hmm. The director, Andy Fickman, I've actually interviewed him before <laughs> for his movie Christmas Again, which was actually pretty cute on Disney Channel. <laughs> um, I mean, I love Philippa Sue and Luke Bracey is one of the most handsome people on the planet. He's so good looking and I love Simu Liu, both for Kim's Convenience and, uh, and for Shang-Chi. Uh, so it's got a good cast. I mean, I think this is going to be a very, very soapy, silly movie. Um, but uh, but the fact that Apple is bought it is kind of surprising. This does not seem like the the type of movie that they would typically buy. So there might be more gravitas to it than we think, because um, it looks like a soap opera movie, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I can have fun with those. But uh, I'm going to give it a two. But hopefully it'll be good. Um, okay. Then we have, would you, did you give it a score? I said two and a half. Oh, two and a half. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Then we have Renfield and this is our Dracula movie with Nicholas Cage as Dracula, Nicholas Holt as Renfield. Um, what do you think? Um, again, I kind of feel like we need a straight Dracula movie before we start going into like Dracula's assistant. But mm -hmm. I mean, props to Nick Cage for looking the part. And I'm a big fan of Nicholas Holt. So there's definitely stuff I like here. I'm going to go two and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty fun trailer. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, We have uh, Chris McKay directing who's done uh a bunch of like the lego movies and things like that um and so hopefully it'll be pretty funny um yeah aquafina's in there i don't know how silly it's really going to be if it's if, if it's going to take itself seriously i mean is this going to be like pure camp or is this going to be like 
just have some sarcastic comments and things like that. Like what kind of is going to be like what we did in the shadows, which is like the characters are taking themselves seriously, but that's kind of why it's funny, you know, cause they're so ridiculous. Um, I don't know. It's a little hard to tell. Uh, I'm going to give this a two. Okay. Um, two more. Then we have Suzume. And this is the latest from Makoto Shinkai. And everybody knows how much I love Makoto Shinkai. I was um, going to say, when I was watching this, I think I can predict your score. <laughs> and it's a modern action adventure road story where a 70-year-old girl named Suzumi helps mysterious young man close doors from the out- outer side that are releasing disasters all over Japan. Uh, and there's something to do with the young man becomes a chair at some point or something going on with that. Uh, this oh, looks absolutely Japan. gorgeous. Oh, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this movie does look stellar. I mean, just how Toho was able to accomplish this, I just have no idea, but I'm grateful they're doing it. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Of course, I'm super excited. I His last movie, Weathering With You, was a little tiny bit disappointing. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but uh, but it's hard to live up to the hype of your name, for me at least, because that, that's such a special movie to me. Uh, so I don't think anything could quite live up to that. But, um, but now we have this, and uh, I just, the animation alone just looks so beautiful. The way he captures rain and comets in the sky and everything is so beautiful uh so this is one of my most anticipated of the year along with spider-verse this was my they were my most anticipated so i'm gonna give it a four okay one last one it's called chevalier and this uh is uh based on the true story of composer joseph bologna chevalier de saint george the illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner who rises to heights in French society as a composer for an ill-fated love affair. This stars Samara Weaving, Lucy Boynton, Minnie Driver, um, Kelvin Harrison Jr. as Chevalier. Uh, and the only thing that makes me hesitant about this movie is I do feel like, because it was released in in i think france or in europe in 2022 and so i feel like if they really had faith in it they would have done an oscar run for it it feels like an oscar movie so the fact that it got delayed in the states until april feels a little bit like mm, maybe it's not that good <laughs> but just from the trailer it looked pretty good yeah i i've been i'm a fan of the cast i think they i think the dude they got to play chevalier is going to be very charismatic yeah. and i'm looking forward to see what he does mini driver i'm always looking to see what she's doing and she seems suitably suitably maniacal here it mm-hmm. it kind of then these two stories are completely different but the design and production design kind of reminds me of serena of serrano that we got oh, a couple yeah, of years serena, back yeah. with peter dinklage Kind of reminds me of that, just the same color palette and all that. I know the two stories are like here and here. They're two different. But at the same time, I, I think this has potential. I'm going to go two and a half. And I think, let me check something really quick. Yeah. So Kelvin Harrison Jr. was in Cyrano. He played wow. Christian. 
Well, shout out to Calvin Harrison Jr. He's crushing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you have another appearance of Marie Antoinette in this movie. Uh, Lucy Boynton plays Marie Antoinette. So everybody's thinking about the French Revolution right now. I don't know why. <laughs> it's on everyone's mind. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm going to give this a three. So there we go. We did it. All right. We previewed all of the movies and shows that were of interest to us. Uh, and so let us know what you think of these uh, these uh, movies and shows, what rating you would give them. If you're listening, we'd love to hear in the comments or on Twitter. And Ryan, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. And there's, of course, my YouTube channel just called Ryan Cam. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm doing my Road to Creed 3 series. My Creed video dropped on Monday, and this coming Monday will be my review for Creed 2, so look forward to that. And then I did an Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania spoiler-free and filled re reviews. The filled one I did with Ryan from the Realspective podcast, so that was a fun discussion. So check those out if you're so inclined. If you haven't checked me out, please do. Yes, definitely. You shall check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of your social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you follow me on Hallmarkies Podcast. And if you are listening uh, to this episode on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the Patreon group and merch store. So check that out. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.